fun for kids and some of us older kids with 1,000 Facts About Space. Welcome to Textination. I'm Fred Fishkin. With us is the author of the new National Geographic Kids title, expert astronomer and TV host, Dean Regas. Hi, Dean. Hi, good morning. Good morning. This is a book that kids or really anyone can just pick up and have fun just flipping through one page after another. Uh, what are some of the facts that you think are going to generate the biggest reactions here? Well, it's a tough pick because with all thousand of these, these are some pretty fun things. Some are a little bit easier that you might know about, like Jupiter is the largest planet in the solar system. But some are a little bit more tricky that, you know, that there's a giant Grand Canyon on Mars that's five miles deep and the size of the United States. And that there's these stars that are out in the in the, the nighttime sky that are so large that they make our sun look like teeny tiny little flashlights. Um, so like you said, you can flip to any page, uh, there's separated by sections. So there's different planets, there's different, uh, stars, there's different galaxies, and you can learn a whole new fact every day or lots of facts every day. And, uh, you highlight one, I think on the, on the cover, even diamonds in the clouds on Jupiter. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the universe really? <laughs> is a wacky place. And now the diamonds on the cloud tops of Jupiter, this is theorized, but likely that that's what's happened because Jupiter has this, it's all gases. So it's hydrogen and a little bit of helium. And what's going on in the atmosphere is this various pressures happening. And that great red spot on Jupiter that people have seen pictures of this huge storm. But it's not like you can go up there with a bag and like just scoop up a bunch of diamonds to take home with you. It's not quite as easy as that, but uh, it's it's thought that that's what they're they're out there. Now I don't need convincing, but what do you say to people who question the need for space exploration? Well, I, for me, I think humans are uh, you know just inherently explorers. We want to see what all's out there. We want to see what's happening, and th the field of astronomy is just it, it is really in our DNA, pretty much. We've been astronomers for thousands and thousands of years, and the exploration of space is part of that. Just going out there and seeing what is out there. Now, the last maybe 10, 15 years or so has been the really big surge in robotic missions, where we send people send things out to robotic missions to the planets, asteroids, comets, all sorts of things. And it's been a wealth of information because uh, you know, when I was a kid or when we were kids, we didn't really know the planets very well. We just got our first pictures of mark uh, of mercury the entire planet of mercury just about uh, in 2010 2011 um so we don't really know we didn't really know what these things were like and we're kind of filling in the maps but it also leads to these great technological advances and and just this technology we're using here has a lot to do with the space program being able to communicate with astronauts uh out in space has led us to be able to communicate with each other very easily and just last year, some really impressive accomplishments, I think. The Webb Space Telescope, the first American space tourist mission, right, SpaceX, and, and the launch of Artemis One. 
a lot yeah, going on. Well, definitely a lot going on. And so it's starting to move back to pilot admissions again, where we're getting starting to send people back. And this is kind of an ebb and flow with NASA. There's always, you know, let's do, let's send people up there, then let's send robots up there. There's a, you know, there's a cost benefit analysis going on here. Um, the the private spacecrafts is an interesting wrinkle also, because it's always thought, okay, this is just a government thing that they're going to be doing. You need to, you know, that kind of funding to make a space program. But that there's other groups, private individuals and companies that are taking this on is kind of exciting. But I, I, I always, I, I'm kind of curious. What do you think if they offered you a seat? Would you go up there for a short trip? What do you think? In a second. In a second. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I would do it for, hmm, let me think. I'd go to the moon and back. I'd be about a, a week journey uh, going to Mars. I, I don't think I'm quite ready for that. Well, I grew up, uh, I'm a little older, I grew up with the Mercury, the start of all of this, and uh, the uh, Gemini and, and Apollo missions, and, and just grew up with that. And a book like this, I think, can get kids enthused all over again ab about space. What are you seeing with the, with young people today? And I mean, they've, they see so much realistic looking stuff on TV, right? Yeah, to me, there's nothing like seeing the real thing. And so my hope with this book is it gets um, kids in, excited about the subject of astronomy. It can appear that sometimes to be intimidating of subject because the vastness of the universe. And I wanted to make something that's kind of more approachable and bite-sized. And I just think like out of all these 1,000 facts, you know, at least five of them are going to make you start, start to... Uh, think a little bit. And if the, any of those start to spark some imaginations, I'm all for it. I think one of the other things that this book kind of does is it allows adults to kind of connect with the kids because kids are learning so much astronomy. They go into this kind of stage, this phase of their life where they go through the dinosaur stage, then they go through the stars stage, uh, and then they get their driver's license and that takes care of that. But when they're in the star <laughs> stage, that's when you want to get them. And I think a book like this is something that uh, parents can read with their kids and find this kind of common thing. Like, Hey, did you know that they just discovered this giant black hole in the center of this galaxy? And the kids will probably be like, yeah, yeah, we already know about that, but then you can connect with them and uh, start talking about it and start this conversation. So I think it's a really good kind of intergenerational book to, to work with both groups. Was there any particular thing that ignited you on your journey to become an astronomer? Well, so, yeah, I, I didn't think this is what I was going to end up doing with uh, my life. I had a uh, big dreams as, as a school kid of, of playing professional football in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> which quickly uh, figured out that wasn't going to happen because I'm pretty skinny. And uh, so uh, this became kind of a, a side job after that, after college, I worked at a planetarium where they put, you know, the stars up on the ceiling and show you the stars and constellations and just fell in love with the subject. So my uh, venture into astronomy came after college, after, uh, you know, when I was adult, but it's something that I just fell in love with. I just genuinely love exploring the outer outer space. And I really love teaching about this too. So I've been the astronomer at the Cincinnati Observatory since 2000. Um, and I give talks all around the country about astronomy, trying to popularize the subject. And uh, um, it's it's one of just a feel like I would have never imagined this is what I was going to do with my career. Um, 
uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's more than, more than a job for me. This is, uh, I, I joke and I say, this is uh, being an astronomer is my lifestyle. Um, and I'm joking, but maybe not as much as I think I'm joking. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that your hours are topsy turvy. <laughs> Yeah, and I I like that. I I like having uh not set hours. I you know working a nine to five isn't quite my style, and so I do work quite a few nights. Now at the Cincinnati Observatory, we're not a research facility, so we're not making great discoveries and that kind of thing. We're a, a historic observatory in about five miles from downtown Cincinnati, so it's it's hard to see dark skies. But our main mission is education, and we want to get people to look through telescopes because I never got to look through a telescope when I was a kid. And I see people looking through our telescopes and their eyes just literally light up. It's it's just an incredible uh, part of my job. Terrific. Well, the book, once again, is 1000 Facts About Space. Dean Regas, thank you for spending time with us. Hey, my pleasure. Everybody keep looking up.